congrats on your victory earlier. Thank you. With it, the, was, it was a huge The Nutty victory. Buddy Challenge. Come for behind victory. <sighs> yeah. I was, it was touch and go there. It was really close. Yeah, it was. For those podcast listeners, you missed it, uh, but you can head over to YouTube or Facebook mm -hmm. to see uh, the results of our Nutty Buddy Challenge. You are what you eat. So you true. You are Nutty Buddy. I am Nutty <laughs> and Buddy. Nutty and Buddy. Welcome to our basement. I'm Monica. This is Aaron. Welcome to Together for, for Salem. Salem, episode 20. Yep. So today, what can we expect? We're going to hear a message from John, and then we'll come back at the end and give you some more deets. Yeah. But first, we're going to give stuff away Ooh, because yeah. we love giving things away. Yeah, we do. Because God loves to give things away, too. That's right. And he loves people. So uh, this week, we're giving away gift certificate to Brotherhood Coffee. They also have tamales and donuts. Uh, anyway, the winner this week is Cassandra S. Yeah. Cassandra S., you were the proud winner of Brotherhood Coffee gift certificate. Yeah. Which is amazing. We'll be contacting Cassandra this week. Yep. And she entered on our social media giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, so, how she, that's how she won. And that's how you can win this week's giveaway. To Ibendu Ramen. Yep. Yep. Over they on Commercial Street. They have takeout. Yep. So go check it out. I think they have gluten-free too. Sure. Options. Yeah. So that's good. Um, whatever your dietary needs, restraints are, desires. The last thing is, this is not for you adults. It's maybe for your kiddos. If you've got a kiddo between the ages of one or two and basically middle school, we do have content for kids on our website. So if you go to yourcrosscreek.com slash kids, we've linked some really fun videos. They change every week. There's new content for them so they can have um, their church or getting to know Jesus lessons um, while you have yours. That's right. If you are new, we want to say oh, yeah. this. We are so glad that you are deciding to watch this content. John's going to talk for about 20 minutes, 26 minutes or so. Um, Give or take. But we're so glad that you decided to to do this, to watch this thing. Um, we'd love to know that you're watching. So go ahead and fill out the welcome form um, on our website right here. We'll send you a free e-gift card, no strings attached, just to say thanks for letting us know you're watching. You can also ask a question there on that website. You can ask for prayer. Mm -hmm. You could join a connect group if you wanna be in a small group and see people uh, physically mm -hmm. in, a, in a sit around and talk about things kind of setting. We have a group for you. So right. you can sign up on the welcome form. But now, let's head over to John, who's in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are what you eat. You are what you eat. So you may not be able to tell from what just happened, but uh, Liz, my wife, and I have decided to be a little bit healthier. So for most lunches, we've decided to have smoothies. And it's not like, you know, the sugary ice cream smoothies. This is like straight up frozen fruit, vegetables, some uh, essential oil potion stuff we put in it, and some apple juice, and it's really good. And we, I've noticed that it's given me more energy in the afternoon and I uh, just feel healthier. I feel more energetic. My thinking's a little bit clearer. I have better moods in the evening. And it's a big difference compared to like when I have Taco Bell for lunch and I need to grab that bottle of Pepto. When you get nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, even diarrhea. Hey, there's Pepto-Bismol. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Yay! It just feels better. I can feel a difference. And I think um, right now, kind of in the same way, we all have this, like we just ate a bunch of Taco Bell or, or Little Caesars 
or whatever, not, we're going to lose all of our uh, promotional money now. Anyway, so we feel like in our hearts, in our, in our minds, kind of like in our soul, if you want to call it that, we feel this like, oh, I just had a whole bunch of Taco Bell for my soul. Like I, this fatigue, it kind of creates like depression and anxiety. Maybe you're feeling like you're, you're easily angered with and just all this stuff that's going on. And I think, actually I know, it all has to do a lot with what we're consuming. See, here's what we, 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 I think we all know this. What we consume directly influences our emotional health. What we consume, both physically, but also mentally and spiritually, what we consume directly influences our emotional health. And here's what I'm talking about. Here's some things that a lot of us have been really consuming lately. The 24-hour news cycle, right? Which as you probably know, it's designed to enrage us. It's designed to keep us in the state of, of anger and worry, sometimes paranoia, so that we will keep watching and listening so we can stay up to date. Why? Because they really care about us? No, so they can sell more ad time, right? Or politicians. No, not all politicians are bad. There's some great politicians. But a lot of the time, they demonize the other side. They demonize one side in order to get people to be loyal to their side. And there's no gray area. It's either black or white. You're with them or you're against them. And if you're against them, well, you're evil and you're going to destroy the country. You know what's interesting? I'm, I'm getting old enough now to realize that basically every election, it's going to be the end of our democracy. If this person doesn't win, it's the end of democracy. But if this person doesn't win, it's the end of... It's happened for every election. Do you guys remember when Martin Van Buren lost to William Henry Harrison in 1840? And the country totally fell apart and we no longer have it? No. <laughs> See, every election seems like it's going to end the world, but we're still here, aren't we? Or when the vice president shot the former treasury secretary. That's a big deal, but we're still here. Uh, we've been consuming social media like crazy and social media everyone and their friends aunt's cousin is an expert who knows what's really going on no matter what side they're on they just know what's really going on and it's full of just partly informed opinions full of gossip full of faceless and loveless debates that's what we're consuming uh, some religious leaders, some people who, you know, have the same job as me are, are stuff that we're consuming in a way that, you know, they, they are able to tell you what God's mad at and, the, and able to tell you the stuff that God blesses. What's interesting about that is he's usually mad at the same stuff their political party's mad at, and he usually is for the same stuff their political party's for. Isn't that interesting how God votes that way? Sometimes they start fights where there's really no fight. Or, I've seen this going on during COVID too, is that they'll predict, vaguely predict, that what these current events are somewhere mentioned in the Bible and things are changing, but they don't really pan out the way that they say. It's interesting. And then finally, we consume conversations with our friends, with our family, which is good, but sometimes those friends, those family, gossip. We talk bad about other people. We talk bad about people that we've never met. 
Maybe it's somebody who finds the negative in any situation, finds the negative in any person who slightly is against them. Maybe they're venting their pain and their frustration in harmful ways. And when we look at these things that we consume, it never leaves us feeling fresh, feeling healthy, feeling joyful. Like when's the last time you watched the news, uh, browsed and scrolled through social media, or talked to that one friend who loves to talk about your other friends, and you left being like, oh my gosh, I am so glad I did that. I just feel so much better inside. I just feel so much more more joy and and energy and and this desire to love those around me. It doesn't do that, right? It leaves us feeling, ugh, gross. Yet we keep consuming it in greater and greater quantities. And so I have a question for you. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, here's my question. Is what you're consuming making you healthy? Is what you're consuming mentally, spiritually, making you healthy? Does it make you feel more joyful, more peaceful? Or is it creating more anxiety, more more anger, more frustration in you? If you're like me, and a lot of you are, you want to be healthier. You want to have a healthy, spiritual, emotional life. And interestingly enough, The Apostle Paul actually gives us a way to be healthier in that way. The Apostle Paul, um, a guy who hated Christians, was full of uh, just anger and frustration and bitterness towards Christianity until he actually met Jesus and his life completely changed. And he started a bunch of groups of Jesus followers around the ancient Mediterranean. Well, he writes a letter that we call the Book of Philippians to a group of Jesus followers in the city of Philippi around 62 A.D., And in this letter, basically, it's just telling them what it means to follow Jesus. And what we find in this letter really is a key to our emotional, spiritual health, especially now in this really weird time that we're in. And now, if you haven't yet, you might catch on that you're going to want to fight with me today, tonight, whenever you're watching this. Whether you are Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, um, in the middle, you are going to want to fight with me. And that is planned. I'm trying to get you upset because, just upset enough, so that maybe you'll think, why am I upset? What is this stirring in me? And you're going to want to say, oh, no, 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 he's not talking about me. He's talking about them. I'm talking about you. If you're watching this, I'm talking about you. It's not me talking either. I'm just reading what Paul's going to say here. And what I'm going to read to you, what I'm going to talk about, if you are a Jesus follower, none of this is optional. You don't get to choose. Well, I kind of like that, and I kind of don't, and in this situation, no. Paul is writing saying, this is what it means to be a Jesus follower. There is, this is not optional. This is what we are allowing God to transform us into, or this is what we are resisting in, from God changing us. You can either allow this or resist it, but it's what God is trying to create us into. And if you're not a Jesus follower, that's okay. You don't have to do any of this. You're off the hook. But what I encourage you to do is check it out. Because the, the um, principles we're going to talk about really will, whether you believe in Jesus or not, really will help create a healthier inner life for you. And it actually will have healthy, positive uh, health benefits for you. So here's what, here's what Paul writes in Philippians 4. He says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. That would be nice. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. You've been worried 
lately? Paul's saying, don't. Here's what you can do instead. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Who doesn't want more peace? Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then he says something, and this is what I want to focus on in this episode, is this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul says, fix your thoughts. Not just like, oh yeah, you know, that those are good words. I'd love to have some of that. No. He says, dwell on these things. Meditate on these things. Like deliberate consideration about these types of things. What have you been dwelling on lately? How's that going for you? Is it making you healthier? See, our thoughts shape our reality. Our thoughts shape our reality. It shapes what we see, how we see the world, how we feel in our world. Maybe it's time to change your diet of what you're consuming. Well, what do we change it to? He says, fix your thoughts on whatever. Ah, whatever. No. (laughs) Fix your thoughts on whatever, meaning anything that fits these following categories that that he listed off. He's not just talking about church stuff and the weird Christian subculture where you have Christian music and Christian books and Christian t-shirts and Christian friends and Christian hot dogs and Christian beer, which doesn't exist, and all those types of things. He's not saying, like, be in this weird Christian subculture. He's saying, whatever has these things, dwell on these things. And so he says, fix your thoughts on whatever is true. What is true? Well, obviously, it's the opposite of what's dishonest. The opposite of what's unreliable. Example, we'll use politics because that's what a lot of people are into these days. Half-truths that we see in the media or politicians saying, And it happens on both political sides, right? You see a poll that says um, 30% of people disagree with him or her. Well, and they say that like that's a bad, that means 70% agree with it. It's not this shocking headline, right? They're trying to create outrage. It's a half truth. It's not reliable. And we've seen media, both sides of media, use selective pictures or video, or dialogue out of context to kind of turn the story into their favor. That is not reliable. That is not true. It's dishonest. And are we consuming that daily, hourly? See, Jesus followers, talk to the Jesus followers for a second. We need to deal in truth. Truth. Dwell on truth. Even whether or not it's good for your prescribed narrative or your view or not. If it's true, it's true. See, what's true is true no matter the speaker's view or what it means for you. Isn't that cute? But it's good. What's true is true no matter the speaker's view or what it means for you. See, just because the person who's on the other side of you, the other political side of you, says it, it doesn't mean it's wrong doesn't mean it's automatically wrong because they believe some different things than you. No one, not you, not a political party, not your aunt's cousin's dog, has a monopoly on the truth. Both sides can be right and wrong on the same day. 
which kind of leads to probably get in trouble for this, but conspiracy theories, Christians, Jesus followers, conspiracy theories, come on. And the problem with conspiracy theories is this. If you follow conspiracy theories, like you believe in them, you don't think they're conspiracy theories. So what I'm about to say to you won't make sense to you. But, and I, I probably believe some things that are wrong too. I'm not saying it's just you, but the conspiracy theories have this slight taste of truth that makes it believable. But what do they do? They create worry. They create enemies. They create these them that are out to get us, that control the world, and we have to fight against them and see behind the curtain. Listen, there is only one force, one powerful force that controls world events. And you can trust him because he's been doing it from the beginning of time. It will be okay. So, Jesus follower or not, fact check your, before you post. Opinions aren't facts. If you're going to cite something, cite real data. Investigate who is making the claims that you are posting and arguing for. See, Jesus followers, we don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus because it feels good. We don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus because my aunt had this emotional thing or this one guy said that one time. We believe in the res resurrection of Jesus because there is historical written eyewitness accounts of it. There is proof of it. We deal in facts. We deal in truth. We deal in what's rooted in evidence. And this happens pers with personal relationships too. You ever said, oh, you know, so-and-so says this. So-and-so feels this about you or about what you said. Is that rooted in truth? How do you know? Go ask them. Have you talked to them first? And most of the time, it turns out, they didn't really mean it that way. So Jesus' followers are committed to the truth. Are you committed to the truth or your opinion? And he says, dwell on whatever is honorable, meaning whatever is noble, worthy of respect, whatever honors others, whatever isn't flippant or dismissive. See, if you consume the constant flippant demeaning of others, like, oh, they're garbage, or yeah, I can't believe what they voted for because they're just trying to bring us all down. They hate America. If you start dealing in that and consuming that constantly, you're going to start seeing people, all, a lot of people, through those lenses. You're going to start creating categories of who's acceptable for you and who isn't. You're going to start looking for faults in people, which is easy to find because we all have them. It makes it easy to dehumanize the other side. See, there's two camps, right? Or dismiss them as that type or idiots or losers or lowlifes. Or like I said, they. Well, I know more. I know better than them because they're part of that category. What they have to say doesn't matter. Dismissing them flippantly. Listen, everyone is worthy of honor, whether they deserve it or not, because they're created in God's image. Everyone is worthy of honor, whether they actually deserve it or not, just like me, <laughs> just like you. So instead of those things, think on things that are worthy of respect. Think of the good qualities people have, especially if you disagree with them. Tough question. Do you look to honor those you disagree with or do you dismiss them? Then Paul says, uh, think on, dwell on whatever is right, meaning whatever is conformed to the heart of God, whatever follows the law of love, whatever loves God with everything they are, and whatever loves their neighbor as their self. That is what we dwell on. Is it worthy of God's approval? Then dwell on that. 
The question you can ask is, is this helping me love better? Is consuming this or having this conversation helping me love better? Or is it just creating anger, hatred, maybe paranoia? And so filter what you are consuming through the law of love. Ask, is this person I'm listening to, this, this viewpoint, does this person display the law of love? No? Then why am I consuming it? If I want to be full of love and have Jesus' love shine through me, why am I consuming things that don't do that? You are what you eat. So the question is, would you rather win your argument or would you rather love like Jesus loves? Sometimes you have to choose. Then he says, dwell on whatever is pure, meaning whatever is wholesome, without fault, whatever is innocent. Another word could be chaste. Like we wouldn't purposely eat a bunch of harmful, nasty chemicals and poison, right? So why do we choose to feed our heart with the types of things that make our heart sick? that make our mind sick. And so when you think about you, what you produce that other people consume, do your words nourish or do they poison? And then dwell on whatever is lovely, being pleasing, acceptable, what promotes peace, what's beautiful. Ask, is this voice unifying or divisive? Is it creating beauty or is it creating hatred? Does it create ugliness? Or what's lovely? Does it bring peace or fear? Example, you see this in the headlines all the time. This one thing could possibly be very dangerous. These uh, murder hornets could possibly come and, and destroy life as we know it. When I see the words in a headline could or possibly or might be, those are keywords to ignore that because they're guessing and they're trying to create fear so that you will click. Don't give it the time of day. See, if you are a Jesus follower, we deal in facts in this kingdom. There, we believe there is a factual God. We believe what we, act, what we do factually matters. We believe that a man died and rose again as a fact. We deal in facts. And so, dwelling was lovely. Do you promote peace and unity? Or is it more about fear and division? And speaking of facts, here's a fact that might anger some people. <laughs> it's one of those messages. Jesus followers have more in common with Jesus followers from opposite political parties than they do with non-Jesus followers in their own political party. If you are a Jesus follower, you have more in common with other Jesus followers. It's, let's say you are a Democrat and you're a Jesus follower. You have more in common with Republican Jesus followers than you do with people who don't follow Jesus who are Democrats. If you really understand the kingdom of God and what it means to be in the family of Jesus, you have infinitely more in common with your brothers and sisters in Christ than you do with a political party. So let's not fight each other over the political parties because we are family. And he says, uh, dwell on whatever is admirable. Is it positive and constructive or is it negative and destructive? Do you really have to comment on every post you disagree with? You don't. We can be constructive, and maybe being constructive is just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. That's probably a good song we should create. Is it positive or constructive to binge on a ton of media? Is it positive or constructive to consistently overeat? No, it's not healthy. So why should, would we binge on these other uh, things that we consume for our mind and our heart and our soul? 
Question is, do you do your words build up or tear down? And then Paul sums it up. And he says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Those are what you dwell on. Things that are excellent. Things that are worthy of praise. And one of the arguments you might be feeling, you might be saying, you might have thrown a shoe at the TV is, but John, which it's okay to ask those. Those are good. But John, we need to be informed about what's happening. We need to stand up for our rights. I am not saying don't read the news. I'm not saying don't watch the news. I'm not saying don't listen to the news. Look, I'm not bragging. I have a degree in history. That is my thing. I taught the United States Constitution for six years. If you want to have a Bill of Rights contest, I might win. But, and as citizens of a democracy, which, by the way, is nowhere in the scriptures, but that's okay. As citizens of a democracy, we have a responsibility to be informed, but not obsessed. We have a responsibility to be informed so that we are informed citizens, but we are not called to be obsessed with the government of this world. So what is the most consistent, predominant source of input that you have? What voices are you dwelling on? And how much are you dwelling on those voices? See, influence is power. What voices are you allowing to have power over you? What voices are influencing you and having power over you? So evaluate, think about your typical day, your typical week. What voices are you consistently consuming? Are they excellent? Are they praiseworthy? How much are you consuming them? Are they healthy for you? Well, how do you know? Well, here's what Jesus said. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So how do you know your heart's healthy? Well, what are you saying? What is your voice saying? See, we have the power to influence others. Is what you're saying true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable? When people walk away from a conversation with you, what are their thoughts and feelings? Is it fear, anger, anxiety, like binging on a bunch of nutty bars? Or do they leave with peace, hope, love, courage? They have a full, nourishing meal, ready to face what the world is throwing at them. Jesus follower, this is what God is wanting to make you into more and more and more. Will you allow him or will you resist him? And if you're not a Jesus follower, I encourage you, check out the biographies of Jesus. They're in the Bible. We call them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Check out those biographies of Jesus. Read them as a historical account of a, a biography of a historical person who navigated a highly politicized time, yet still had a positive influence on the people and the world around him. I mean, aren't those things you want for yourself to be able to navigate these weird political times and still have a positive influence? Check out how he did it. So I want to offer a plan, a three-step plan, a plan to filter your world through truth and love. Three steps. First, pray. Whether you believe there's a God who's listening or not, maybe pray and say, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, will you help me to dwell on these types of things? Will you help me to see the truth? Will you help me see what's beautiful and lovely, worthy of honor? And then consume. Pray. Consume. Consume the truth of God. Here's, here's the ultimate truth that we can dwell on. Maybe you've heard it before. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, 
so that everyone who believes in him, everyone, no matter who they vote for, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That truth fits every single category Paul just talked about. If we dwell on that truth, it will change your life. That God is a God who loves you, who, who gives gifts, that everyone is worthy and, does, and of that gift, that he loves everyone enough to do that. If you want wisdom, if you want to have wisdom to see the truth, I challenge you to go even further. Read the book of Proverbs, Ancient Wisdom by King Solomon. Or maybe read the wisdom of Jesus' little brother, James. In fact, that's my challenge this week, is that at least once, but more if you can, read the book of James. It's near the end of the New Testament. So pray, consume, and then yes, question. Ask whether what you're consuming, when people are talking to you, when you're listening to whatever or watching whatever, is this what love looks like? Is this following the law of love? Is this what love looks like? I mean, think about it. Jesus followers, what if we were known for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control? What's that? What if that's what we were known for? What if people said, you know, these Christians, they are a bit crazy. Like they believe God became a man, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and then rose again three days later. I, they are a bit crazy but they are so committed to the truth. They don't post or say anything unless they fact checked it, unless they have data to back it up. And they are so loving. They're careful with what they say. They're careful with what they promote. That belief might be crazy, but they, they are so focused on the truth, on everything else. Maybe there's something to this. Wouldn't that be awesome? And for everyone, what if when people interacted with you, they left that encounter feeling loved, feeling peaceful and feeling hopeful. It all starts with what we consume. Your influence on others flows out of what you allow to influence you. So what are you allowing to influence you? Maybe it's time to change your diet. So you're you're consuming for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, is that making you feel better about what just happened? I, I think so. Ago? Okay, good. <clears throat> yeah, because I was reading that there are 320 calories in uh, oh two, two Nutty Buddies. That's amazing. So, so there's that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but thank you, John, for the reminder to pray, consume, and question, as I just questioned his um, choices here. Consumption. Yeah, your yeah. consumption. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, we just want to say a couple things. Thanks for watching um, Cross Creek Community Church's episode of Together for Salem, episode mm -hmm. 20. Uh, we're starting a new series next week we're excited about. If you want to keep a good thing going, we are a nonprofit here in town. We're a 501c3. We have some bills to pay, um, and we only can do that uh, through your gifts. So thank you for considering a donation to Cross Creek. It's really easy to do. You can do a one-time gift or a recurring gift, but it's kind of like paying it forward mm -hmm. and allowing somebody else to see this content or continue to see the content. Because really we're a church for people who don't normally go to church. True. So we do want to tell people, um, answer their questions about Christianity and following Jesus, tell them a little bit about what it means to follow Jesus. Um, so that's why we're here. And so we want to keep doing that. So. Yeah go ahead and check out that donate form. That's right. What was the other thing we were supposed to talk about? There are questions coming up. Oh yeah, questions that's coming That's it. Yeah. And that's it. So check out these questions, consider them, talk to, to a friend about them. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna see you next week for a new series we're pretty excited about. Yep. And you're gonna keep eating your carrot. 
And if you guys do a Nutty Buddy Challenge yourselves, be sure to tag us because we'd like to see if you can beat the time.